0: This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast.
1: Thanks to Molecule for supporting Made For This. Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with the air purifier. For a limited time, save up to $120 on Molecule air purifiers by going to Molecule.com and entering the promo code MADEFORTHIS at checkout plus you get free shipping and a 30-day at-home trial on your order.
2: I can remember every detail about Beijing. The smell, the lights, the crowd. I remember Nasty Lupin go up and compete and give a beautiful routine. And I remember looking at her score, and it was a, it was one point higher than the highest score I had conjured up in my mind, that it was impossible for me to get a gold medal. I remember my heart just sinking. The entire world was being told. Do I even go out and compete? Do I just throw it? I remember thinking, well, if, if you can't win the gold medal, at least prove to the world that you deserved it and starting my routine and giving the best routine of my entire life. I'd never felt lighter in my life. I felt like I was on top of the world. I remember seeing 50,000 people on their feet giving me a standing ovation.
0: I was there, all right, all of us were. We all watched the 2008 Olympics. We're cheering like mad for you. Thank so, you. let's just talk about leading up to that, what you were feeling and and what you thought was going to happen.
3: Yes, so I was a 16-year-old kid and I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I was pretty trained to not have high expectations and to not make any expectations as far as like scores or placements or anything. But I do remember read all the newspapers and all the articles and all the headlines that said I was supposed to go in and when Four or five Olympic golds, um, and kind of bring it all home for Team USA. So,
0: which just feels so unfair if you think about (laughs) that. And so, you were your little brain was aware of all that, and you you show up. And I mean, what an unbelievable thing, Sean, to spend your life pursuing something and actually making the Olympics. I mean, gymnastics. There's just a handful of you, so you're living the dream, but it feels like a ton of pressure. Yes. And you were winning it all. Like you were going, I was looking it up. You were going into this with like the U.S. championship, the world champion. You had, there was a reason they expected this. Yes, I
3: was doing very, very well. I had won a majority of my competitions and events and everything. So it it made sense why people were expecting that and they're predicting that and everything. But for me as a kid, I had never really dealt with that before I had never dealt with, I had such amazing coaches who were all about performance and they were never about like awards or the results. They could have cared less. It was all about like this self-reflection afterwards of how do you feel like you did? Did you do better than last time? Do you feel proud of yourself? It was, it was amazing. So having that much outside pressure definitely felt different. And I remember we were negotiating for the first time ever in my career, deals with like coca-cola and mcdonald's and it was all based off of metals and if i want a gold i would be set up better than if i want a silver and it was just it was all this stuff that was running through my brain that should not run through a 16 year old's brain or anybody's okay okay
0: so, you know, I was I was a big gymnast when I was little, just kidding. I was like the lowest team. I mean, I had maybe I, I mean I could do several back handsprings. Like that was the level at which we're That's great. That's awesome. But, but floor was my favorite. So, let's talk about floor. That experience of getting on the floor that year. Like what did that feel like for you?
3: So, that was the very last event and Long, long story. I used to give like keynote speeches on just that performance. Long, long story was the entire competition had gone down. This was like my event, which was like the all-around. So you can be all four you compile your scores. The highest accumulative score wins the all-around competition. I am a math junkie. I love numbers. And as I'm sitting there waiting for my like my turn, I'm calculating every single person's score and seeing what I need to win, basically. And there's like this 30 second window where the last score comes up before I have to start my routine, my last performance, and I I figured out within those 30 seconds that I could not win the competition. Mm. And this is what like the Wheaties deal was based on, McDonald's, Coca Cola, Bob Costas, NBC, everybody. And I had learned this before I ever performed. And the story I always say is I've never in my life learned so much in such a short amount of time because I felt like in those 30 seconds. One, I had failed everybody already. So I felt like quitting. And then it was like this really quick realization of, you know what, if if I can't win it for everybody, let's go out and just like do it for myself. And it was the most liberating, awesome experience of my life.
0: Mm. And you crushed it. <laughs> thank you you did and and i think about that and i even remember watching you get the silver and let's talk about that moment because that was cr- that was a crushing moment for you i've heard you tell the story but for all of us watching like we were so proud and we felt yeah. i felt for you knowing that that you wanted the gold and that people thought you might get the gold But for me, it was like the way you carried yourself, Sean, in that I remember it to this day. So just to encourage you, I know (laughs) know that really comforts you a lot. I'm quite sure um, from this big gymnast, Jenny Allen in the world. But I do know that, that that was a really hard moment for you to even keep your composure. It was, and it
3: wasn't, it was such a confusing time for me because I had been raised one way. So going into the Olympics, Again, going back to my coaches and my family and my parents, I was never award driven. I was never driven by this idea that I just wanted to win. I just wanted to do bigger skills. I wanted to do better. I wanted to, like, just my own performance.
0: Well, and, and candidly, it looked like you were driven by having fun. Like, <laughs> just yes, it was. you was fun. <laughs> it was. I, I truly loved my sport.
3: And it was during the Olympics that I got just caught up in that hype of what people are actually driven towards. In, in the wrong way, they're driven towards awards and perfection and making sure they're on the top and they're making the most money and all of the, all of these things. So after I figured out that I won the silver, I remember being very proud. Cause I remember going to this conversation with my coach that we would do after every competition, which is like, are you proud? Could you have done better? Is there more you could have given? What would you change? And all of these him. questions, I was just <laughs> like, I did my best. I, I literally could not have given more. And he was Ugh. so proud and for that split second. I was so proud, proud. But, then, yeah. but then it was like moment after moment, after moment before I ever got the medal, And before I ever like got on the podium, we had to do press and media and people were saying, how does it feel to lose? And what would you change? Ugh. And what you regret? And people would say, I'm so sorry. You almost had it. And it just, it was this confusing moment as a kid of, well, it doesn't feel like I'm allowed to be proud of myself. Wow. And so I, I just struggled with that. And I, I truly stood on the podium, happy. I was just confused. And so it was very hard to keep my composure because I just wanted my mom to hug me and say, all those
0: Good people job. are wrong. Yes. By the way, all those people are wrong. Yes, they are. And, and I think yeah. you can see that now. I'm sure if you could go back and mother that, now that you are a mother, like if you could yeah. go back and mother yourself at 16, you would say that to yourself, I'm sure.
3: Yes, and there's there's so much I would say to myself. And I, I truly would not change it for the world because fast forward in that competition, I went on to do the four right. finals and I won silver and I did another one and I won silver. And then I finally went to beam and I won gold. And it actually annoyed me as a kid, even because I had all these people saying, oh, you deserved it. It was the best. You're the best in the world, whatever. And it was honestly not my coach took me through the same questions. Like, how do you feel? And Mm. it was not my best performance. And I told him that straight up. I was like, "Eh, it was fine. I could have done better. So for the world to tell me I deserved something when I knew internally, it wasn't my best. And then to flip that and have me do my best. But the world say, oh, I'm so sorry you lost. It was an amazing learning experience that I would not change for the world because it put priorities into pers- like into perspective.
0: So you go home and, and what did you feel? I mean, my gosh, you're wearing more medals than you can even carry, right? Like they're so heavy and you're walking home with so much to be proud of. Like, did you get to experience that elation? Did you get that moment besides just right after? Yes and no. I feel like for a
3: couple, for at least the first year or like the wave of it, where you go through like, you go on Oprah and you go on Ellen and you do all these interviews and you do like the wave of PR that comes after the Olympics, I felt like I struggled with that confusion on and off every day. Mm. I would have a conversation with my agent at the time who was negotiating deals, and she's like, Well, this girl actually won, so they're going to take her instead of you. Or I would go on, an interview and they would ask me the same thing. What would you change or what, where did you come up short? But then I would go home and my coaches and my friends and my family and my parents were just so ecstatic and so proud that I felt like I was on cloud nine. So I just, I rode this wave of a roller coaster for a while before. I mean, I probably wrote it for many, many years, <laughs> trying to like process it and figure it out before I came to the conclusion of you know what, my, my success is not defined by the color of the award or a person's opinion.
1: Yeah.
3: It all goes back to what my coach taught me, which is how did you feel
0: at the end of the day? And nobody can take that away from you. So you go back to all of the years of training. You go back to that whole amazing experience. Do you do anything different? Like, do you look back at that and go, gosh, no, that was, I'm glad I did it.
3: I think it was absolutely perfect in the most hot mess way possible. I dealt with so many different things, highs and lows. Would I want my daughter to go through it? It sounds so (laughs) hypocritical for me to say, but no. Um, I get it. But I would do it again in a heartbeat. And my mom and I have that conversation all the time. She's like, I'm so sorry. And I wish I would have done something. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like I would do it again. It taught me everything that I, I used to parent my daughter and to be a wife mm. and it was the greatest experience of my life.
0: Faith is a part of your life. Talk yeah. about that yeah. and and how that played a role in that season.
3: It was my answer to all the confusion. I mm. feel like as a kid, I was so just inundated with negative thoughts and confusion that I didn't know how to make sense of any of it. I didn't know at the time when I won the silver medal, I felt kind of empty at the time mm. and hearing all of these voices kind of say, well, maybe like if you won the gold, you wouldn't feel that way. And you came mm. up short and you were almost there. And so I had all these doubts of like, oh, maybe that's what I need to fill myself with. And then fast forward when I finally got the gold medal and I'm standing on a podium at the Olympic games, right? gold medal, which is insane. It didn't change. I almost felt worse. And wow. I had reached the epitome of success and is like what society would define success as in our, in our world. And I was just like, is this actually it? Mm. And it was amazing. Don't get me wrong. It was the most incredible experience because I had, I, I had succeeded in my sport, but I felt purposeless and I felt Mm. empty and it was kind of just faith played a huge role in that because Every time I would ask a question as to like what am I missing, it was always it was always faith, and it seemed to be the only thing that actually made me feel good about myself and filled a hole that I kept trying to fill otherwise.
0: And where did that come from for you? Was that your family? Like, where did you encounter God?
3: Definitely raised in a faith based family. Um, Everything was you have to listen to that voice inside of you, and you have to like make sure you're doing things with the right purpose and praying but I think for me, I truly found it and found God going back into our conversation. I struggled with that confusion and that wave and that hole for a few years until I finally went back into gymnastics. And I was like, okay, maybe if I go back into the sport, maybe if I go back and win more medals, I'll feel better about myself. And I got to the lowest point in my life. I was depressed. I was not Mm -hmm. in a good relationship with anybody in my life and I was doing everything for the wrong reason. And I remember walking into the gym one day and just feeling just terrible and like I was doing everything wrong. And I felt like I heard God for the first time and he was just kind of like, it's all going to be fine. You don't have to do this anymore. And I remember walking out of the gym and calling my agent and calling Coca-Cola and McDonald's and being like, I'm done. I'm sorry, this isn't going to work out, (laughs) but I'm done. And it was the greatest feeling of my entire life. And I felt like it was the first time I did something for the right reason
0: and followed him instead of following like other people. I mean, that's a huge moment and you had enough clarity to walk away from, I'm sure, so much money and success. <laughs> and I mean, that was big. Did you have people supporting you? Did you have people going, yes, this is, this is a good decision? Or were you making that decision against everybody's opinion? I...
3: I made that decision pretty much against everyone and not, not to hold that against anyone as a parent is sure. it was a hard relationship with my parents at the time, because as a parent, you see your kids struggle and you, you teach them like, you don't want to quit on a bad day. You can overcome obstacles. You're almost there. And as, as a parent seeing everything that I was walking away from, of course, would be difficult. I, I mean, I would say I was going against everyone. <laughs>
0: everybody's decision and opinion, but it was, it was the best decision of my life. And I just, a lot of what we're talking about this season is pressure. And that's really why I reached out to you. And I'm so glad you said yes, because I couldn't think of any more pressure, right. than than what you went through and it wasn't, it didn't stop there. I mean, we can talk about dancing with the stars because that was a whole nother part of your story that I didn't know until recently when I was preparing for this. So yeah, this is, this is pressure though in a way that nobody saw, like that, that moment where you're going against people you love and making it such a big decision. And it affects, I'm sure people that you love. Those, those are things. things that everybody relates to where they where they know there's something right to do, but nobody's really cheering for them and saying, Hey, do this. I'm for well, you. And
3: those are the hardest, those are the hardest decisions to make. And I've talked to a lot of, I went on like a whole speaking tour after that. And I got to talk to a lot of college kids and I would hear these stories over and over again about this college kid who's a junior and you know his lineage is doctors and he needs to become a doctor because that's what the family says. And you you hear these conversations over and over of people doing things because they feel like they should. And right. at the end of the day, if you are chasing money or if you're doing something for someone else, or and not in like a compassionate way or like a charity way, but If you're doing it because someone else thinks it's better for you, the only person who knows what's good, like what you should do is yourself. And I think Mm. having the faith to follow that voice and to follow Mm. that, that gut feeling and making sure you're doing things with good intentions is so terrifying because Mm. there's nothing to fall back on. If something goes wrong, you can't say, Oh, well, mom, you wanted it. I didn't. It's Mm. true for you. And It's terrifying, but it's the best decision
1: you can make. Hey guys, Chloe here, and I am so excited to tell you guys about Molecule Air Purifiers. Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with this air purifier. Since we're spending more time indoors, it's really important that our air is clean, and that's why we're partnering with Molecule to raise awareness around all these wide-ranging effects of poor air quality. Molecule has introduced a breakthrough science that's finally capable of actually destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. So when I'm talking pollutants, I'm talking mold, viruses, bacteria, organic chemicals, like all the things that contribute to our allergies and asthma. Like if you guys suffer from allergies, seasonal allergies, Molecule is for you. Molecule is easy to use and it has a clean, sleek, modern design. It's super quiet like we keep it in the corner of our bedroom. We love how Molecule has made the air in our home cleaner, purer. And we love knowing that our kids are breathing in cleaner air and their systems are getting a break from all of the pollutants that are out there in the big world. So we can't wait for you guys to try it for a limited time. You can save up to $120 on molecule air purifiers by going to molecule.com and entering the promo code MadeForThis at checkout. Plus you get free shipping and a 30 day at home trial on your order that's m o l e k u l e dot com with promo code made for this for up to 120 dollars off molecule air purifiers and now back to jenny
0: you have a little girl drew yes <laughs> drew hazel so tell me about what it feels like now being on the other side of this as you watch her grow up will she be a gymnast oh my gosh no <laughs> she's ginormous. She takes after her daddy.
3: And she's so <laughs> tall. And She's going to be as tall as me in probably a year, but she is the greatest thing to ever happen to me. Oh my gosh. Being a parent is the greatest job in the entire world. It makes, I've tried to tell people before who don't have kids, it makes every mistake you ever made in your life actually worth it because I now can teach her things that I regret in life, but it was, I don't regret them anymore because now I get to teach her from experience. I don't know. It sounds crazy, but she's just amazing. She's, she's the best.
0: So I follow you on Instagram and I have to say, everybody listening right now, go follow Sean, <laughs> because y'all, you and your husband, like when he, I mean, you were you pregnant? No, I can't remember. It was recent though, that he put you up on the counter. Oh yeah. You know I was pregnant. For yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, you still got it. I mean, my husband's yeah, that was so cute. Y'all are very entertaining to follow. Okay, so let's go back to Dancing with the Stars because this is a, this entered a new season of pressure for you, and and talk just a little bit about being asked to do the show and what did that feel like, and 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 what was the experience just even preparing for it and everything else. Did it remind you of gymnastics a little? It's pretty physical. Yes and no. I I approached it like gymnastics, just having
3: the mindset of training and perfection and everything. But I loved it. It was the first time I felt like I could let myself loose and actually have fun and not have to take something so seriously. But it came with a lot of pressure just because it's on national television and I had never in my life really done something outside of gymnastics. And in the back of my head, I wasn't sure I was capable of doing something other than being a gymnast. So it was a huge, like, proving moment to myself that I could step outside my comfort zone and try to succeed at something new. But yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. It was very difficult (laughs) emotionally, physically, everything, but it was an awesome experience like show to be part of.
0: And so one of the things you share on I'm second video is just that there was a lot of pressure and voices when it came to this too. Does it just make you want to cuss? Does it just make you so mad at the world's opinions? Because I listened to your story, Sean, and I'm thinking you were actually really healthy And living with, with a great perspective on life and winning and the work that God had called you to do. And, and then all these voices come right. And bring a lot of opinion.
3: So dealing with voices and stuff in gymnastics was easier for me because I knew my sport well enough, almost down to a science that I knew, I knew I was good. And I knew during a performance, Oh, if a judge took off this deduction and had this opinion of me, it made sense stepping out into the world of dancing with the stars and just outside of gymnastics where I didn't have a foundational base of confidence. And I didn't know if I was good at something. I was inundated with voices and opinions of social media and how I looked and what I wore and how old I was and what I said and what I listened to and just all of these things. And yes, it makes me so mad. (laughs) It makes me so mad. I, I just don't care that much. To have that many opinions about other people or judgment, yeah.
0: so it's shocking. Well, it's um, mean. It, it's it, what you're saying is that you're a nice human. Like the yeah. people should be in the world, yeah. and, and it's so mean. I have a friend today that has a large following that is under just scrutiny. Like she's trolls, like coming and attacking, and she is just crumbled on her floor. And I, not only do I want to give her perspective and pick her up, I also want to go get a sword out and like go fight some people. I'm like, I'm gonna go fight the girls today on the internet. I think the hard part about that for me is I dealt with voices
3: for so many years and I definitely did not handle it with grace for a, a lot of it. I was a mush on the floor, a pile of mush on the floor and had very dark days and very hard times, but I got through it enough to where I feel like I can somewhat deal with it now but it still makes me so mad because people will go after my husband or my daughter and like an infant. It's like who, I just don't understand it. And I don't think we were meant to filter that many voices ever. I don't think we're also meant to dish out that type of advice or judgment or
0: opinion, but it's definitely hard. So one thing that I struggled with in my past is an eating disorder. And so that season of critique, you kind of in a bad spot with that and you'd been in a world where I'm sure girls have eating disorders prior to that but this mm-hmm. really was a volatile moment for you internally
3: it was because with gymnastics again i I struggled with body image and eating disorders to a certain extent within gymnastics but I had something to show for it if that made sense so even if someone said oh you need to be lighter you need to lose weight well if I still won the competition it didn't make sense in my mind it would be like well I just won. So I obviously don't need to change anything. When I got out into the real world outside of gymnastics, I didn't have that behind me to kind of fuel my confidence. And so when people started critiquing how I looked and I was going through puberty on national television, um, which is terrible, but going through this whole, just I went through my whole awkward phase in front of everyone and everyone had an opinion about it. And it it shattered me. I I didn't know how to fix it. And I was such a people pleaser by nature because of gymnastics. I spent my entire life trying to cater my life to judges. It's not easy to turn that off. And so when the world then became my judge, I didn't know how to make everybody happy. So I struggled with every eating disorder and mental (laughs) disorder and not to laugh at it. It's not funny. It's just... I, I struggled for a hard time trying to gain a balance and a foundation that gave me confidence to walk on my own two feet and not care what people thought. How did you fight it? What did that look like? Mm-hmm. And did you admit it to yourself? Um did people have
0: to, to
3: notice? It took a long time. I think it took people noticing, not in like an intervention way. I was lucky enough to not get there, but there were enough people who noticed something to say, Maybe we should work on it. And I think I was lucky enough to have an awareness to where I could admit it to myself and got to a point where I finally asked for help. And I got a therapist and a nutritionist, and they truly changed my life. And I still talk to them mm. today. And wow. they were amazing. But it, it, it was definitely hard. I thought I mm. was in control, as does everybody for so long. Mm. And I wasn't, I was just drowning.
0: I know that there are so many people listening that relate to what you're saying. In fact, I would say when we talk about eating disorders or body image, all of that, I feel like we get such a strong response. In fact, one of my friends, Sean, this is going to kill you, said 97%. I don't know if this is true or not. I cannot imagine it. But then again, I think about how many thoughts I have and I'm in a healthy place with, with my body and with eating today. 97% Ninety-seven percent of women struggle with body image. Does that surprise you? No, not at all. We live
3: oh. live in a world in a society. It's sad. I, I hate that so much, and I hate that for my daughter because there's I know there's no way I can protect her from it. But we live in a world in a society of comparison. We live in a world where people say, "If only you looked like Jennifer Aniston, mm. you would be successful with her." And we're obsessed with it. We're obsessed with perfection and we're obsessed with this life that is attained by cosmetic surgery and money mm-hmm. and material items. And I think we're just way off track that way in what mm. actually matters in the world that absolutely, I think we all, I think every single human being walks around the earth with an insecurity of some sort because it's just how we write
0: the books these days. And I, I hate it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you're thinking about your daughter growing up and getting to ages where she notices, like other girls and things like that. What do you do? What do you say? Like, how would you fight for someone that you love that that is going to inevitably, if 97% of us are struggling with it, we're inevitably going to, right? But what do you, what do you tell her?
3: Uh, I don't even know. it. I don't want to say it haunts me, but I think my mom did an incredible job every single day of my childhood life. She just reminded me like, God made me exactly how I'm supposed to be Mm. and I'm not supposed to look or be exactly like anybody else. We Mm. aren't clones walking around the earth. We are individual and we are perfectly made in his image. So I think just having that reminder to her even and having the reality and having the harsh conversations of like, look, you are going to be faced with some really hard times. It's just, it's the world we live in, but never forget this, that you Mm. are like, you are you for a reason.
0: I think about 16 year old Sean and watching you and you just, I think one reason people got so behind you is because you brought a lot of joy to something. Mm -hmm. I mean, just watching you do it, you could tell you were having fun. Do you look like when you think about your daughter and reliving that experience and telling her about it, do you think it will be positive? Do you think you will be like, Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. Can the, can the demons be put put to quiet and, and <laughs> yes. to shame? Like, can we get rid of them? And you just think, oh my gosh, I'm a stud. I won this many medals and it was amazing.
3: Absolutely. I, I look back on my entire gymnastics ex- experience as a positive. Yes, I, I feel like every single person who goes through a career or a, an experience in life, the only way you truly love it is if you overcome something. And- I think we all have demons that we overcome in every walk of life. And it's what makes things more joyful because you get past it and you're like, I overcame that. And I did it with like a boss. And <laughs> I had fun. <laughs> and I, I think for sure teaching her about everything that I went through and just like the eating disorders and the body image and mm. the confusion and the voices and the opinions and all of it. Yeah, there were hard times, but it's because I got through those. And I learned from them that I was able to enjoy my sports so much. And mm. yes, I
0: look back on it with, with great memories. Mm. Well, me too. Watching you was fun. <laughs> and I love that, that you are in this place and, you know, being a mama and, and it's just fun. It's fun to watch. So thanks for joining me, girl. Thanks. This was fun.
2: I was, I was giving my heart and soul and getting to a place that I was not proud of, all for that gold medal again that I distinctly remember in 2008 not being the greatest thing in the world. And I think it's just kind of that validation that there's always more. God is the answer to everything, and Jesus sacrificed His life on the cross so that When I stood up there and I was given that gold medal, yes, it's a monumental and amazing experience and wonderful thing, but it's not the end all be all. Yes, I can work my whole life to become the CEO of a company or to make a certain amount of money or to win 12 more Olympic gold medals, but it's not the purpose in life. And he will always be my greatest reward and my proudest reward.
1: So wasn't that an incredible conversation with Jenny and Sean Johnson East? In the show notes, I'm going to link a few things that you guys need to know about Sean. Number 1, she is a great follow on Instagram. She and her husband Andrew are awesome and they have got a precious family and just doing some fun things. So I'll make sure to put the link to her Instagram in our show notes and then also I want to put the link to the i am second video that Sean did a few years ago. We are so glad you guys joined us today. Thank you for being part of the Made for This family. And we will see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast.